Hello, my name is Kip Harry, Conference Director at Cambridge Health Institute, and today we have a special podcast for the upcoming Targeting Histomethyltransferases and Demethylases Conference, part of the 12th Annual Discovery on Target event, October 8th to 10 in Boston. Joining us from Spain via phone is one of our speakers during the meeting, Dr. Tamara Mais. She's the co-founder and CSO of Horizon. Tamara, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I am excellent. Thank you, Kip. Great. Well, thanks for joining us. So, Tamara, so Horizon is one of the few developers, and maybe, in fact, the first, that's really targeting the histone demethylase LSD1. Can you explain your sort of initial rationale behind developing inhibitors against this very novel class? Okay, indeed, yes. Uh, we are very proud to say that Horizon has been leading the way, and uh, we can confirm that we are the first company to move a specific LSD1 inhibitor into phase 1 studies, more specifically for the treatment of refractory or uh, relapsed acute leukemia. So our project on LSD1 started in 2008, which is less than four years after CDL reported that the fat-dependent amine oxidase was actually bonafide H3K4 demethylase. And by the time that we entered into the field, it was known that LSD1 interacted with CORES, that it forms part of transcription regulation complexes, it has a role envisaged for in some cancer types, but little more, you know. So in 2006, there was Liadal who published that a non-selective MAO inhibitor called uh, TCP, tranilcypramine, inhibits LSD1 to some extent, and uh, we took this observation as a chemical starting point to develop our highly selective irreversible LSD1 inhibitors. Uh, this was not the only venue that was explored. There was the Casero group at the John Hopkins who explored the potential of oligoamines to inhibit LSD1. And actually there was an Australian company that was exploring the potential of a compound resulting from that program for a while. There have been additional players that have entered the field like Solarius. They claim to have a reversible LSD1 inhibitor in preclinical toxicology studies, and more recent also, GSK has presented preclinical data on both reversible and an irreversible inhibitor. But finally, they chose to move an irreversible one forward into the clinic in a phase one study in small cell lung cancer, which actually illustrates that the potential use of LSD1 inhibitors need not be limited to hematological cancers. So while most of the reports on LSD1 were and still are related to oncology, actually, we did not decide to enter the field because of our interest in oncology. In fact, we were performing biomarker studies in the field neurodegeneration, we were studying the brains of deceased patients from Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, or dementia with Lewy bodies. In a collaboration with uh, the group of Professor Isidro Ferrer, he is a very renowned Spanish neuropathologist. And we had with them identified a, an interesting biomarker that was systematically downregulated in the affected areas of brains of these patients. And analyzing the mechanism of transcription control of this biomarker, they pointed out that the potential involvement of the REST complex could be at the basis of these changes. So in Horizon, with this knowledge, we then evaluated the components of this complex, and we wanted to select potential drug targets from that. This complex contains targets like HDAC1 and 2, but finally, we focused on LSD1 because of its novelty and because of its structural similarity to the MAO enzymes, which classified this target as a druggable target. 
Our initial hypothesis was probably a little bit simplistic. We thought, well, if the rest complex is involved in downregulation of the expression of an important biomarker, maybe we can inhibit one of its components of the rest complex and neutralize that downregulation. So the literature, well, since rapidly exploded with reports on the involvement of LSD1 in cancer, and we also started to explore that angle. And two crucial publications on the role of LSD1 in AML, and also in-house validation data, we're deciding our minds to move our best selective LSD1 inhibitors forward in this indication. Tamara, let's talk a little bit more about Horizon. And uh, you've had some very exciting news. You recently formed a partnership with Roche, and your lead compound is now being tested in clinical trials, like you mentioned. So it seems as if the, te- the therapeutic potential is certainly being validated at this point. So what sort of therapeutic efficacy are you observing now in your early clinical studies? Okay, so, um, well, indeed, to start with, we are extremely happy to have close to deal with Roche as they are the number one partner in hematology, and we have uh, licensed them two of our patents, which cover also RE1001, which is the compound we have in the phase one studies for acute leukemia. So we work together with them, and we remain still in charge of the phase one study. They are providing, of course, invaluable feedback and advice. And we are collaborating with Roche to provide further data now. So with respect to what kind of therapeutic efficacy are we observing our early clinical studies, you must realize we are in a phase one study. We are, well, the real convincing target validation takes time. And I do not think we can make at this moment bold statements about validation prior to the analysis of the data of a proper phase two clinical proof of concept study. But anyway, in our phase study, phase one study, our study is focused mainly on determining the PKDD relationship and the toxicity limits of the compound. Although, of course, we do hope to find the preliminary evidence of efficacy in select patients with specific genetic profiles. And of course, we will try to get the maximal data to support further clinical trials. So in the preclinical studies, we showed that our compound was uh, very potent on the leukemic stem cells, a subpopulation of leukemic cells with the capacity to reinitiate cancer uh, even after regular cytotoxic treatments. This is the main problem in, in uh, acute leukemia, especially in AML, that the cytotoxic treatments initially tend to be efficacious, but then the cancer relapses, the cells are resistant, they are not responding to the treatment. So the treatment, we think, making consists in combining the two actions, hitting at the same time very rapidly the vitamin cells and hitting the leukemic stem cells. And of course, we'd also see reduction in the proliferation in select cell lines, but which translated in vivo models in reduced tumor cell growth and increased survival in xenograft models. So with respect to the challenges that we may encounter targeting LSD1, of course, if you ask this question generically with respect to the target, it will depend on the characteristics and the specificity of every compound, in addition to its capability to reach and inhibit the target. So we know our compound is exceptionally clean and characterized by high selectivity for LSD1 and also by lack of inhibition of metabolic enzymes, herbs, and so on, all things which can be related to toxicity. And for the rest, it's not a secret that LSD1 is involved in hematopoiesis. So if we reach high enough doses, we do expect to have an effect on this process. And our idea is that if genetic knockout studies teach you that your target has a role in a certain process like hematopoiesis, 
which is true for many epigenetic targets, then you better believe this and take it to account into the design of the treatment scheme. So luckily for us, the doses that are required to achieve therapeutic effects in AML in different models of neurodegenerative disease need not provoke a full inhibition of the hematopoietic stem cells proliferation, and in addition, our compound does not kill normal hematopoietic stem cells, nor affect their capacity to form colonies. It only provokes them a temporary halt in the proliferation. So finally, the PK characteristics and the distribution pattern of the compound may also help to target specific indications. For example, in animals, we have achieved pretty high levels in lung with one, and that knowing that, for example, small cell lung cancer is, of, is an interesting target indication for LSD1 inhibitors, of course, is an interesting combination. So Tamara, the question I had for you, you sort of already answered most of this, was any concerns about toxicity of your small molecules or any sort of early clinical data you could talk about regarding the tolerability of the compounds, but I think you've already sort of answered that. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, I think that generally when people think about epigenetic drugs, they think like, well, this is causing highly pleiotropic changes. So what we observed, surprisingly, and uh, so this is coming from our data and leukemic and neurological models, is that the inhibition of LSD1 does not affect such a very, very broad range of genes at all. In fact, complete inhibition of LSD1 by our compound, or 1001, in, for example, THP1 leukemia cells, changes the gene expression level of about 150 genes by twofold, and that's not so much. And although these changes are sufficient to provoke the differentiation of these cells from myeloblast into monocyte macrophage phenotypes. So another example is our compound RE2001, which we envisage for applications in neurodegenerative disease. Well, the number of genes changed in the hippocampus after therapeutic doses of this compound is even lower, only about 30 genes up or down regulated in the hippocampus, for example, by over 50%. So LSD1 inhibition will only affect the expression of genes if LSD1 is actually residing at the promoter or the regulatory control regions, and even then, the neutralization of LSD1 may only have an effect if within that cell other factors are present that can induce the transcription of the gene from which LSD1 is released, let's say. So in most cells, LSD1 inhibition doesn't seem to do much. And uh, in our preclinical toxicology studies, actually the only toxic effect we ever saw was dose high enough and we start to see the effect on the hematology, which is completely anticipated. So with respect to the, actually the toxicology in the phase one study, we are, well, we are in the dose escalation. So let's soon go to the fifth cohort. We have not seen any treatment-related tox effects yet. So we are, well, we're still going on with, the, with this process, no? So Tamara, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming lecture you're giving. You're giving a lecture at the upcoming Targeting Histomethyltransferases and Demethylases meeting uh, this coming October, just about a month away, October 8 to 9 in Boston. So you've given us sort of a nice overview of the work you're doing at Horizon, but what do you hope specifically to convey and share with attendees during that lecture? 
Okay, so of course we will present a resume of preclinical data, let's say an update, update the public on our running phase one study. And finally, we also hope to convey the message that the therapeutic use of LSD1 inhibitors need not be limited to oncological disease. So we think epigenetics is involved in many biological processes and there is a great potential for the use of inhibitors of epigenetic targets also in inflammatory diseases. We think it may be uh, particularly relevant for the treatment of neurodegenerative diseases. And if you think of it, that makes sense. In the brain, there are not too many cell divisions going on, and the main mechanisms of change and function over time, like aging, may be epigenetic rather than genetic. And we know already that the inherited forms of Alzheimer and Parkinson represent only a small minority of cases, and most forms are not inherited and terms and I think that epigenetic will uh, turn out to be an important factor in these diseases. Uh, I'd like to ask your just general broad outlook of what do you think will be sort of the avenues with which epigenetic therapies take, particularly those met, uh, sort of modulating the histone methylome. So another way to ask this is uh, what are the anticipated sort of challenges and roadblocks uh, you may have to face before we actually see some of these drugs approved in the U.S. and Europe? Well, there's no specific category for epigenetic drugs in the FDA or the EMA, no? And so in this sense, the challenges for the development of drugs modulating histone methylome are no different than for any other drug. They must prove they are safe, bring benefit to the patient. It's true, however, that many of the epigenetic drugs address targets that are novel and that have not been characterized very extensively previously, no? However, I think that today we have, especially for studying epigenetics, we have incredibly potent tools at hand to analyze epigenetic target function and the actions of drugs developed to inhibit them, which on one hand provides us with the means to better select target indications and populations and also to foresee potential side effects. So, well, at Horizon, we believe that epigenetic drugs offer a possibility to shift expression balances or programs in target cells or organs and that this may prove beneficial in different severe diseases. Okay, and with that, I think we'll wrap up. It's a great pleasure, Tamara, as always, speaking with you, and thanks for your time and joining us via phone all the way from Barcelona. I'm sure it's beautiful right now. We look forward to your upcoming presentation during the targeting histomethyltransferase and demethylase meeting this fall. For those of you listening, if you'd like more information, please visit discoveryontarget.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you at the conference. Goodbye.